0: You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex.
1: In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life, whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Happy Monday or whatever day it is that you're tuning into The Bouch.
0: Thanks for joining us. We have another great episode for you. And before we get into it, we want to thank you for um the reviews and remind you to leave us a voicemail if you have any questions um and actually maybe we need to like re-add these in as they come in but <laughs> want you to leave us a voicemail if you have any questions advice want to say anything at 323-505-2030 mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and at Carly's Couch on Instagram, Twitter, and carlyscouch.com if you want to subscribe to our newsletter. And you can also find the number to call us on the website. So check us out, join us on the couch with topics, questions, thoughts, um, anything you want to say. We enjoy you joining us and tuning in. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. Um, I feel like there's a lot of change happening in the world um, in general, like with the way that we are living our lives, with the way we are forced to slow down and change the way that we move about things, personally and professionally. Industries are you know, having to rethink things. People are working from home where there's just so much going on in the world. And people are getting furloughed, like just there's so much going on in the world. And I've been hearing a lot of talk about entrepreneurship or people thinking about starting their own businesses. And this is something I'm super passionate about. Love, love, love entrepreneurship, um, being an entrepreneur. And so today I wanted to talk about things to think through. So you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start a business. What are some questions you can ask yourself? What are some things that have been asked to me that I've heard that Alexia might have heard or maybe have given like as questions for people to think through as they might be starting their journey into entrepreneurship? What is it you
0: think about, you know, the current state of things that might make people think more about entrepreneurship or starting a business?
1: Because... I think with the economy starting to look a little bit questionable or a lot of bit questionable again with a lot of industry shutting down people maybe losing their jobs, maybe realizing that, you know, they want to do something that they're more passionate about, there might be needs that they're seeing in the community. And it's really forcing us to stop and to kind of think through these things whereas before it's like oh i have this job i'm secure and now you're like oh i'm not actually as secure as i thought like just because i'm with this company and so what are some things that i can do or some ways that i can help build up my community or some some needs that i'm seeing that aren't being met that maybe my skills can help be met or can help meet. do you feel like entrepreneurship and business ownership is more secure i mm, that's a really good question and Yes, I do for me than like working at a company because I feel like it's more in my control, and i I can help foresee those things like you can't see the future necessarily, but if I, if I'm in charge of it, like i I know as opposed to like working for other people, um which I know a lot of people feel is more secure, and I'm not getting on here to say like jobs are gloom and doom. like I'm not saying any of those things, but it's not as secure as you think it is, um and I, which may be a little bit of gloom and doom, but i I do, do you? Um,
0: I think that you do have a little bit more control um, when you are coming up with your own ways to make money, generate wealth, etc. cetera. Um, but it's just also not really for everybody to depend mm-hmm. on yourself, your networks, your resources, the, you know, building something up, building it out. Um, and it is extremely high and low, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And so sure i think that it takes a certain type of person to look at that and want to do it and see that as a place of security um because it's not so much that it's more secure to your point you just have the control to pivot make things happen do what you need to do um but again in the same way like you may be a marketer who focuses on restaurants but then when all the restaurants shut down that's your business so it's still Mm -hmm. not doesn't mean like because somebody's not in control of you and can cut you off or whatever, that things won't happen um, that make it so you can't always get clients and this or that. And so for the person who's thinking about entrepreneurship, that's just one of those things to think about, like who is that audience and what are the things that can be factors that affect because that could be different for everybody. There's some things that are gonna be safe and then there's some things that might not be as safe. And so anybody who is exploring entrepreneurship, business ownership, really needs to assess their, their okayness with risk and assessing those types of things. Like if you're a person who needs more security stability, looking at, you know, where does what you want to do fall on that spectrum. And so with this, you know, sure, you can have the control for it, but really making sure it lines up with, you know, what's important to you and what you need um, is gonna, I think, really help push you forward the way you need to.
1: Absolutely, and you made a distinction, you said you know, entrepreneurship or a business owner. Do you think that those are the same things?
0: No, I think anybody can have a business, anybody can make money, Um, but not everybody can be an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur is more so somebody creating processes, somebody who is creating from a vision or has more of a vision, innovation, innovative ways to do something, different ways to do something, something you see that's missing you're creating, something that you're creating that may not have to depend on you that you can give away something that builds something that you can go to sleep and it's making money. I think those are <clears throat> more so like definitions around entrepreneurship versus a business owner can own a franchise. Like I don't think you're necessarily an entrepreneur if you just, if you have a franchise and I'm not saying one's good or one's bad. Um, but I think people just think entrepreneur just sounds sexier. Mm-hmm. But are you an entrepreneur if um If you are sick tomorrow and like nothing can happen for the next three weeks, you know, like you haven't set up processes for a a good running business. And so I don't think it's necessarily the same, Um, but probably and correct me, like some of the things we're talking about could be applicable to either. Like if you're finding another way to make money and if you're thinking about really being in charge of your own thing, like 24 seven or try to get to that point, Mm -hmm. um, then I guess this conversation is still applicable for sure.
1: Absolutely. And just as you know, the economy changes and as we see all these shifts in industries and with technology and people working from home, um, I think it's interesting if you look at society as a whole, I think we're reverting a little bit back away from the industrial age. to so like fact, making everything factories and like output, like singular output, and you're doing one thing as opposed to More of a tribal communal thing where, and I don't actually know the exact word of that, which I had it right before I was about to start this whole tangent. But um, going back into like where we support each other in community and we're taking more ownerships of what we create and how we put things out, it's just a very interesting time. So whether you're, you know, being an entrepreneur, like want to be an entrepreneur and thinking about how you can create these systems and do all this, or just owning a franchise and owning something local that, you know, might help your community, Alexia already mentioned taking risks.
0: Another format that um, a lot of people take right now is with it being the gig economy. I think if if you're in the gig economy, that's not necessarily you being an entrepreneur. So like if you're a contractor, um, that, and that can be things like Uber drivers and or people mm-hmm. reach out to you because you freelance for stuff. I don't. That doesn't necessarily make you an entrepreneur. That's um, And I think trading your time for money is not necessarily entrepreneurship. So those are just another example, but like you can be in the gig economy and sure, you're still generating income, you're generating um, business for yourself, and it's important for you to learn how to do so, but you also still have ceilings. And so I think when I think about entrepreneurship, it's more about, you know, how do we get rid of those ceilings? How can this scale um, and grow? And so scalability is a totally different animal than the person who's okay and, and wants to... Um, you know, take on five clients every month, and they're doing work, and they're getting, a, you know, sending their invoices and getting paid.
1: And we might need to have a whole episode on that because that's where I did not have a lot of forethought, like coming our foresight coming out of business school. I was like, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, and I'm like, oh man, how do I scale myself? Oh, that's a whole issue. Um, so as you're thinking about possibly starting your own business, if you're thinking about taking on these extra gigs, becoming an entrepreneur, trying to solve these problems that you see in your community, um, taking risks is a big one. But how do you know, like, if you're ready? What do you think are some signs that, like, people are ready to explore these things?
0: If you are? I'm <laughs> I'm always going to be like, you're ready for something if you find yourself ready. looking into it. If you're um already trying things if you already kind of fantasize or think more about like what that can look like um, that shows that you are interested and you have a vision for something else um, worth exploring or looking into um, another thing is if you're um, or signs more so so this isn't as much are you ready but signs that you may be good for uh, business ownership or entrepreneurship or let me know if i'm supposed to just be saying entrepreneurship Um, Or if you're an unconventional thinker, if you see different types of solutions that are available or that you can package or create um, things that you aren't seeing already is maybe one thing that can show um, that you should move forward in that space.
1: Another one is you have an opportunity, like someone comes to you and is like, hey, like I noticed you have skills in this, can you create something to help me solve this? Or you're really good at this, can you do this? Like if, if people are coming to you for opportunities for things and maybe even some areas that you might not see, that could be another sign that you are ready to explore it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you already have projects, so this is kind of similar, if you're doing something already, if you are um, creating something, fixing something, doing something, and it's taking off enough to where you're making income and you're making money Um, it's worth exploring going full-time into that space and seeing how you can scale it see how you can amplify that to be your major source of income versus juggling that with other things
1: um, having an idea for something that is good. We mentioned solving problems, like finding unique, unique ways for creating unique solutions or programming for things that you see that might help people, help the community, or is it something that you're super passionate about and see a space for um, in the world?
0: And you may be ready to explore it if, you, if your finances are in a space where you have savings and or you will be okay without. Um, the check or regular stability that you might be getting from a nine to five job or employment elsewhere. Um, When it comes to entrepreneurship, a lot of it is spending money at the top of it, which a lot of people don't think about. Um, You're spending, you're investing in something like it's not really just a, Hey, I'm spending money. I mean, I'm just making money. And if you are just making money and you're not spending it, it's probably not necessarily entrepreneurship venture or not yet. Mm -hmm. um so think about that like where you are financially and your ability to really go in and build something
1: and for me Lexi already mentioned earlier but you just know like i knew i was ready um i was at my job and i was just like nah this ain't it doc and i have to figure out what it is but this isn't it and through my own research and figuring out myself i realized that was entrepreneurship but I just kind of knew
0: why would you go from a job and be like this isn't it to not just looking at another job that's a better fit for you
1: well i i have always felt like i wasn't born to work for other people and i know that sounds like whatever pretentious it sounds like whatever but for me like i was just like i've always wanted to do my own thing mm-hmm. and you know and having this job and all of these things that people said are successful and that would make me feel good and all this and i didn't i was just like okay and like i, I realized that i was spending my life working making rich people richer specifically like rich white people and i was like nah this is not what i'm here for like how can i help people and i realized that the thing that was on my heart like i didn't see i hadn't seen anything like it had i seen something like it i probably would have made that connection but i didn't see anything like in my head what i wanted to do or how i wanted to help people so i was like oh man i guess i'm supposed to create it Mm -hmm.
0: but also like our work if our work brings value it makes people richer the same way right or no
1: um in a different way because uh it's like mission driven or impact driven like social social enterprises and social entrepreneurship companies that are actually built for helping other people as opposed to just helping people get richer which i'm not saying that's an issue like make money doc like do do you but for, for me like i did i didn't feel good about spending you know 60 70 hours a week working for a company that really wasn't helping the community that really wasn't making an impact i'm like damn i'm like working myself a lot right now and doing all of these things and and. Not all of it super like hard labor. Like I wasn't carrying things all the time, but I was like, I just, it just didn't make sense to me. Like I'm like, this is how I can't, this, I can't spend my life like this. And like I said, I'm not downing anybody who does, but for me, I was just like, nah, there's more.
0: And I I don't have any of that in my story of starting a business and all of that. So I think it's just interesting. Um, For some people though, I feel like they do know. And then for a lot of people, I think that's a narrative you go back and rewrite um, after you've done something. Whereas for me, I just had, A clear opportunity i i couldn't find a job or i couldn't i wasn't getting a job you know Mm -hmm. quickly enough and so i was making some money with what i was doing and so my best bet was well i can expand off of this and so i expanded off of it in that way and then continued to grow it and let it evolve um into what i wanted it to be so maybe that's one thing too is that while working at a place um you know you can you can be working for yourself and not enjoy it or you can work for yourself and it's it's overwhelming and the same problems mm-hmm. like are, are you even really helping other people maybe you are like if that's important to you but also keeping in mind that when it's yours you do have the control to pivot it and grow it and change it i guess however you want maybe you do have the ability to um just have more say versus you can't you know there's you know bureaucracy and stuff in place where you might not be able to make the changes you want to make when you're kind of lower on the ladder than the folks and the vision that they have for pushing it forward but for a lot of people I mean I know a lot of people who love their job who have a great impact with their work who um who need somebody else and need other people to give them like tasks to do and they just want to focus on tasks I personally am like that I don't Um, I want somebody else to CEO my company and run it to where my space is not like doing all those things. And so it's really about, I think, an analysis on your strong points and analysis on what you care about. And again, on if you have vision versus um, skill, There's if you're the skill person or you might be the vision person who has ideas for how this can grow and change and impact others or maybe a little bit of both. But. Um, again it doesn't entrepreneurship doesn't have to be the only thing that solves for you know some of those things
1: yeah and checking to make sure that you're not starting a business or becoming an entrepreneur just to say that you're one because it is mm-hmm. sexy and it does sound cool
0: and when you do that it's like I don't know you can you'd be knowing like but you're not so <laughs> but you're not so <laughs> yeah I think that the proof of entrepreneurship business ownership is in the results that you have and in the work that you're doing and the output. Um, which is why I see a lot of people slide by talking about things and talking about projects and it's like, Oh, cool, but you know, when you're on panels, nobody ever asks like, So what's the ROI of your company? What's your profit margins look like? How much money are y'all making? Like mm-hmm. you can tell who the real entrepreneurs are because they know those answers mm-hmm. and they know projections, estimates, and those types of things, and or have people on their team who track those things. And so, you know, I'm weary about how we uh, define ourselves or others, and it's like, you know, again, I, you can tell who like really has a process and a system versus who is figuring it out, which is fine, but you know, it's more of like being in a rush to say like, oh, I have my own thing, instead of like really building that out to be a thing um, that works without you
1: so it's important to look at the fruit of things um, and your fruit always speaks for itself like more so than anything but data is so important and that's something else that I like knew I would say probably before business school but business school pretty much drove home the way of thinking and looking at like those key performance indicators like so your KPIs your return on investment like all, all of these things um, with it which we'll get more into later But at the beginning stages, like, if I do find myself as an unconventional thinker and I might see, you know, I might have some skills and some vision in ways I want to help solve problems or create a program to do things that I don't see or to improve on processes that maybe I'm already in the current industry for. Like, what are some things um, that I can can ask myself, like, along the way to help get a better picture and help me be more clear about moving forward?
0: Be more clear. So you are interested in being an entrepreneur but you don't know what you want to do
1: um yeah basically
0: uh in which case i would question what you want to be an entrepreneur for (laughs) however um i would think that that kind of goes in line with you having a space and interest that you are um you love you enjoy maybe not even love honestly in my case that you're you might be good at or that you're involved in already um spaces where you have Ends like a lot of times when you say it's around opportunity, it doesn't mean like you woke up and was like, Oh man, I want to start a record company. But if your cousin is, you know, T-Pain and like whoever, and you haven't, you have more of a network and opportunity to do something in a space, um, a lot of times that's the real stories of people and what they start to do is that, you know, it's because of certain connections, they're able to have an opportunity. And now it's, Mm -hmm. do you have, let me not say that, is, are, do you want to take that risk and are you a risk taker to go that route? Um, so I would say network uh, opportunity to go in this particular direction as well as or in conjunction with like actually loving or liking a thing.
1: OK, I like that. So building on. So not just like what do you love doing, but also like where you might have connections in there or also what your skills are.
0: Mm, Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, too. Obviously, your skills, um, your skills matter, skills, connections and passions, I guess. Like it could be a combination and or like, you know, a different formula of those things. But I feel like that's probably um, for the most part, like what would drive you in a particular direction.
1: And when you're thinking about it also, like what what are some things that you really know and that you really understand? And then you brought up an interesting like question that's in line with that. It's like, well, what don't you know? Also.
0: Mm, And which helps you in what way?
1: Um, Whenever we were talking about questions and we were like ideating before it, you mentioned like, well, what don't you know? And then like thinking how you can fill in those gaps.
0: Mm -hmm. So as you're thinking about entrepreneurship. And maybe that's something to brainstorm or mind map is like, you know, depends on what your service and product is, I guess. It's like, what are the things that you have and that, you know, the resources we just talked about? And then I think it takes research or or talking to people as well to understand what those other aspects are um, that you might not have or that you might not know very well and like really digging deep into that. Um, For me in 2013 when I was like, all right, am I going to keep going with this or, you know, just look for a job or whatever, right after I had started or a few months after I started and now was like just doing that um is when i started diving really much deeper into uh, smart passive income with pat flynn school of greatness impact theory maybe not impact theory at that time but um a lot of things like gary um, Vaynerchuk and like really like reading and looking into other business owners, and other entrepreneurs and seeing what are these tips and tricks that they're talking about. Um, everything from how to get a better night's sleep to um, how to be more effective with sales and, you know, developing your decks, building an email list, all of those things like you have to understand. Um, and I think personally, it's good to have a, a, some kind of understanding of things before you bring other people in. However, depending on what you're doing, you know, And if you have the overhead, that's really the thing that makes a difference is how much money you have to put into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But to put people in place, if you know what needs to be done, like putting people Mm -hmm. in places where they can be more effective than you.
1: Absolutely. Um, Because there's always going to be a lot of things that you don't know that you can get better in. But learning from people or being able to hire them to come into your business and do things is always key. Um, Where I started with mine is a little bit different because it's like, well, what impact did I want to make? And. I've referenced this story a couple times, but I'll do it one more time for this. So if you're thinking about a social impact or socially like focused business, it's like, well, what, what impact do you want to make? And I remember the first time one of my mentors asked me, he's like, well, who do you want to help? Everybody, what do you want to help them with? Everything, he was like, get out of my office. Is that really what you said? No, but I said a lot of things, <laughs> mm-hmm. like how I and how like you like you're also a great question asker, which the great question askers get paid the big bucks in real life. So work on your ability to ask questions. Um, but he was like, Well, who do you want to help? And I was just like, Well, and I started naming all these things and he was like, Carly, like that's that's a lot, dog. Like you're one person. So figure he's like, I need you to drill that down because I can't even help you until you get more clear on yourself. And so through our conversations, we figured out, like, oh, I'm really interested in helping You know, middle school and high school kids primarily in the education system in general and also young adults because of my life experience and not having those people in my life to pour into me. So creating systems to allow them access to these tools to help build themselves up and to help um, fortify them with stress resiliency and mindfulness and self-love and entrepreneurship and creating this access pipeline that I did not see growing up. And so that's kind of how I drilled down to where I was. But it was through these questions. And he would ask me, like, well, who do you want to help? Like I said, I started very high. Everybody, and he was like, all right, next, continue. Like, w- what does that look like? Your ideal day, your ideal client. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, what would you be excited if you did? And so really asking yourself these questions and also for social impact, thinking about what level you want to help people on. And what I mean is if you're passionate about beach cleanup, like you're really passionate about trash at the beach, like, do you want to be the person picking up the trash at the beach every week? Do you want to be the person organizing the beach cleanups every week? Do you want to be the person organizing the cleanups along the coast every week? Or do you want to be the person funding them that sometimes comes to the beach cleanups? Like, like what level do you want to be involved? And that also helps create this picture of where your company should be or where your mission should focus, like in, and how hands-on do you want to be or how hands-on do you want your work to be?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's good too, to not only think about like what you want to do, but why, because if, you know, s- Let's say if you want to do middle school, high school kids, and help them with mindfulness, mindfulness or you know emotional um, intelligence, things like that. But it's like, why does that matter? And so understanding why that matters because you need to be able to sell it, and you need to be able to express your value. And so to know and research things like kids with higher whatever do xyz better Mm -hmm. this percent better or are more successful or whatever like understanding what impact your work has is important um and for me i I never asked like who do i want to help because i didn't i was trying to help myself so like (laughs) i was i was working to make money um but it always was more enjoyable when it's like oh man your clients get like these big wins and they make a lot of money from something um, in my case, like from the marketing we were doing or campaign or something like that, um, is always like very helpful. And now that allows me to put a little bit more quali- quantitative information to like the value, um, that you're putting into your work.
1: And quantitative is so important, even in, uh, feel good, touchy feely things. Like I talk about a lot or ethereal things, cause I can talk about how, you know, students who are in the bottom quartile of income, like I think it's like 82% of them don't actually graduate with a like four-year college degree. And so then I can say, well, mindfulness actually helps them to do these three things. And if that's the goal for the school system, then I'm able to sell my programming. But it's so much research and understanding not only who you want to help or how you want to make money, but telling them like, oh, on my last three clients, you know, I've helped them increase their... their um, profit by you know 25 percent or whatever like that's a huge jump as opposed to like oh this just sounds good and it feels good and I want to do that so even in these like impact spaces it's really important to understand the why and like what benefits you're actually bringing towards people and moving that forward it's like does this system already exist like can I do this at a job like is this something that that already is, is there and that I can do so thinking about that too before you go create another company and not to say that there's not you know, space in the industry for a bunch of these companies, but is it worth you starting to create this whole new system where there might already be like, are you reinventing the wheel basically?
0: Mm, And even if you are like, depending on what context you're putting behind it is fine. Also, like you're Mm -hmm. talking a lot about um, social impact type work, but you can be an entrepreneur and do drop shipping of maternity pillows or random materials or Mm -hmm. um, start a boutique like, all those things are still very valid and actually are require way less of your time and work than a lot of the other things that we've been talking about this far. And so I don't think everything either has to have that type of value either. Um, But as long as it's like whatever you're selling isn't like hurtful or harmful. Um, And so there's a balance of, you know, things like the um, soda industry or something where it's like, sure, you might make like this drink, but like is it really bringing down people with like health and other things or, you know, and I think that's a personal decision, like what you do, what you sell, what your product or service is. Um, but it doesn't have to have social impact. However, you still do need to have some research on like who's doing things already. What does it look like what they're doing? You know, how do you differentiate yourself um, and your ideas and um, being able to like grow understanding like that there's already this existing um, ecosystem that you're trying to fit yourself into
1: absolutely and like she said thinking about those products like what do you like what is your skills but what does the market need are you helping fill a gap problem solving creating any types of solutions like what value overall are you bringing to people
0: and also, if we're talking about true entrepreneurship and vision, a lot of times this is something that people don't know they need, and or you're creating a void that people think they need this mm-hmm. thing. There's so many things we use now every day that it feels like oh, it's regular, but like nobody was thinking about that before. Um, and so, to really like have a vision and an idea to start or create something, a lot of times that means developing the need for like of people wanting that as well. So, considering that, like how much education how much um developing a problem or pushing like this problem do you need to do also to be successful um and it may be that you choose something that's a little bit lower and that's a little more obvious or knowing that you have to do a little bit more work to make this turn into like a staple thing
1: absolutely and on that like where is the best place to do this business and understand everything's a digital economy, but for example, um, mindfulness, I decided to stay out in LA and, and do my mindfulness programming virtually now or whatever, because they're much more open to mindfulness and social emotional learning and, and understanding that as opposed to like being from Oklahoma and Dallas, like I would need all of my data. And it's like, well, my first my first program launch is not going to have a lot of data. So let me get my data out here and then I can sell them on the data. But just understanding like who my audience is and like their receptability to certain things. So to Alexia's point, it's like once I have my data, then I can show them that there is a need for this and then create a solution for this thing that they might not understand that they need. Yet. But
0: do you think everything requires you to be in a different place um, or like a move per se to start mm. something?
1: No, I don't think so. But I'm. I'm Saying like thinking about the location at least when 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 you are starting it's like maybe if you are selling maternity pillows like looking like where they're most sold or like all of these things and just understanding the the location if it is a service that's a little bit different but just understanding like the best location for the things that you're Mm -hmm. getting into
0: No, that makes sense um and another thing is kind of thinking about what you need to get started um a lot of people kind of get hung up at the beginning because it's like oh i need to get funded um and again going back to not the business ownership but like as an entrepreneur it it typically takes a lot like it may be a tech platform or maybe something that requires a lot of investment Um, and i'll see a lot of people focus more on selling the idea and really trying to make sure people like latch onto the idea and want to give you money whereas your first focus should be getting a client like regardless of what that is you have to just you sell it first you sell it and then you start to use that to invest back in so thinking about if slash um If you can get clients slash like how you can be getting clients like minus getting the funding you have to start doing it first um and even seeing if that's the direction you want to go um and so i'll see a lot of people who are interested in business or entrepreneurship they say and without even all the like developing your llc and all those things it's like all right well how where have you done this how have you done this and just starting to can you get a customer right now like if you put something up it's like hey i'm um coaching people on xyz are hey i created this thing i sold um last night like for twenty dollars can you sell it and you have to be able to sell it and get that feedback and create from there um to really grow and make it make sense versus you're going to waste a lot of time if you're like doing all this planning business plan this that, that, that 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 trying to pitch um and then start
1: yeah and conceptualization is is dope and like it's great but like she said can you get a customer And I feel like a lot of people in the entrepreneurship space are great at selling ideas but not actually execution. And I meet a lot of people like that in LA, too, who say they have a company or say they do a thing. And I'm like, oh, cool, let me get your card or see your website or whatever. And they're like, oh, uh, we haven't done actually any of this yet. We're just like thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So just testing it. And that also, for me, it like, changed what I thought my company was going to be. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this for schools and it's like, oh actually it's not just for kids, it's for teachers and administrators and for corporate corporations. Like I started doing this stuff for nonprofits and I had no idea like that that would be like I didn't think that that was where my focus was, but I started getting more work there. so it's just kind of being open and seeing where the actual need is. So then if
0: you kind of have an idea of how you want to move forward or with what what this thing looks like, what are some of those things you can start to do as you are, I guess, defining like, all right, I'm really going to hop into this.
1: So you mentioned it earlier and you're like figuring out your business and if you're going to stick with it, but reading, like starting to incorporating reading, like consuming the content in these spaces that you're trying to be in or these people that you're trying to be like, like we talk a lot, like uh, with Preston going back to this episode, hero P, like who do you want to be and what are they doing? Like, what does that person do? And so just creating that into your life. So making sure that you're reading, making sure that you're consuming content and like being up, be on the up and up and on whatever's going on Mm in that space.
0: Yeah, you really have to inundate yourself with the information of your industry if you want to stick out about it. Um, Nobody should ever be like, oh, they do social media marketing. But if you ask them a question about Facebook or Twitter, like they don't really know, like they don't know when those platforms began or, you know, certain things. And I think it's easy to want to work in a space because you use it or, you know, think you know it. But you really need to like, how can you separate yourself and really know it? Um, So that for sure. Another thing. Um, is thinking about your routine and your ability to have the freedom to really do what you need to do with this. So, one, creating that routine and, B, assessing, like, yours. So you may have kids. You may have a family. Y- you know, you may have to create this in a way that makes sense for you. And so really assessing that to see, like, what time do you have and how can you um, put in to, like, really make this grow.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember whenever I was studying for Like my G-Man and all this stuff is like getting up a little bit earlier and doing stuff after and just trying to figure out how to fit everything in. Um, Another one is building up that network. So it's not only researching and being involved in that field, but figuring out who the thought leaders are and working on connecting with them or going to their conferences or tuning into their Zoom talks. And I feel like a lot of that's a little bit easier now because a lot of things are more um, accessible digitally. So just starting to build your network in that industry.
0: Yeah, market research is also important within the industry that you're selling to. Um, So, for example, with uh, suit kits and and Sierra developing this online platform where women can develop custom suits online. um, She created like a survey and did some market research where thousands of women like she had answer and talk about what they don't like about, you know, suit shopping, what they do like you know, how they feel when things fit a certain way. Why, you know, do you feel confident? Like so many different questions. And there is a uh, science to the way you survey and ask questions. There's a great book called Ask. I can't think of the author's name. Once it starts with the N, his last name is leveque but it's like spelled L-E-V-E-S-Q-E or something like that. But it's called Ask. And it walks you through, if you're interested in a business, it completely walks you through how to uh, communicate with your audience, get information, and and use that immediately to like let that inform and develop what you create slash how you create it slash how to sell the thing you haven't even created yet. Um, because there's a way to sell a product, there's a way to sell a course, you can sell anything um, without creating it, but allowing them to help you develop it and help you be along the journey. And now you already have these people along the way with you too. So there's a lot of different angles you can take. Um, and with research, not just you learning things, but you really should be learning from your, the audience that you want to help or serve, for sure.
1: How annoyed would you be if someone was like, hey, this is your problem, and this is how I'm going to fix it, without ever asking you, without, without ever doing any type of research. And so that's why talking to your customer is so vitally important, because mm-hmm. we really be thinking we have some great ideas. And they might be, but if you've never actually talked to your customer, like how do you know?
0: And you can have a lot of waste of time um, if, you, if you don't you know, honor that as well. So it makes more sense. And and the craziest thing and the best thing about it is that with market research, you essentially are getting clips and tidbits and copy that you should use. Like that's really one of the biggest benefits of it is you know, when she has people saying, like, yeah, I feel powerful like when my suit actually fits, and boom, that's your you're using it as copy now. And now your customers feel like you're talking to them. Now they feel like you identify with them. And so that's one of the biggest reasons why it's so important to talk to them because we think we know the answers and we think we know what people care about. And you can save time by, like, using their words um, for them, towards them.
1: Absolutely. And then just thinking about, like, what do you need to to start? Is it, oh, man, I need to do more research and figure out it's this? Is it, man, I actually realize I don't have enough time, so maybe I can do, you know, and be a part of the gig economy that we talked about and ha- be a little bit more flexible with my schedule. Like, figuring out what it is to actually get you started.
0: And so... If you are in a space where you have this idea and you're doing research, do we have any like specific like checklist things that they can look at or do? So for me, like I would say, um, just to kind of summarize what we've been talking mm-hmm. about, I would say, do your brainstorms on what the thing looks like, what you think it looks like, what you may want it to look like. I would say, do the brainstorms around your audience and who they are and like then thinking about like even using the last episode with linkedin now you can you can create like a what is it google form or a type mm-hmm. form where you can make the cool little surveys or whatever um and you can use your linkedin to be like hey guys if anybody's a secretary and your products for secretaries or something if anybody's a this or that like can you do this for me um what can that look like um what resources can you find to continue to learn who do you like listening to that gives you information Um, And a lot of it, I remember I still have all these notebooks was just writing these things down and just, you know, journaling about it, answering questions, writing things. What do we want to do? How can we do it? And you just start to see what comes together, I think. Um, But all of that can kind of inform you on where to start with an MVP, your um, minimal viable product where it's like all right, without trying to do the most and then nobody wanting this, like what's the quickest and easiest thing you can do, which might be hey, coaching sessions or um you know, get this one product whereas you're developing all this whole, you know, thing of products. And so, to kind of bring it to like a list and like to things you can do, I would look at that like listening to this episode pull from, you know, some of these um tips and advice and now find the spaces and people and things that work for what your idea is
1: yeah all of that and i'll add just what problem are you solving or what are you trying to do um i would tie it back into my why and maybe that why is making money there's nothing wrong with that so if that's your why keep it moving um and then you know your customer and then just trying to move forward. So what's the most cost-efficient way, my MVP, to move to move forward? That's really like a quick checklist um, while you're doing all your research. I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the research and the ideation phase of entrepreneurship instead of actually just trying things and putting things out there. And what's the worst that can happen? Okay, you fail. Cool. Try something else. Or you'll fail and get great feedback to help you come up with that better product or that better program or that better whatever. And then you just learn from everything. Like everybody always talks about Thomas Edison and the light bulb and how every time he failed, it was just one more lesson or one more way to not do it. And then he finally got it after like all these thousands of tries. And it's like, just, just start moving forward with it
0: yeah i would agree and so this week hit us in the comments and or you could call us and um leave us a voicemail uh three two three five zero five two zero three zero i believe and you know if you've gone through this or if you're thinking through it um let us know maybe you're like hey i really like this but i'm trying to figure out you know what's the next step um or if you have any recommendations or you're like oh i really like you know this resource is good for whatever um
1: and but we do have a question of the week so shout out to that alexia if money didn't exist, what would you be doing?
0: If money didn't exist?
1: Mm-hmm. Like we were in a world where money didn't exist, what would you be doing? If capitalism didn't exist? Yes. Okay. There we go. Because so I'm
0: about to be like, uh, I'm sure there's something we're going to be having to trade. <laughs> yeah, or do. Capitalism We've always was no longer. Um, what would I, I would be chilling and reading and watching uh, entertainment and relaxing. And being outside i'll be doing the things i'm doing probably when i'm not like actually working
1: yeah that was my answer i was like i would be doing the things that bring me joy um I yeah really I, was... I mean i
0: wouldn't be working for what but somebody would have to be working so why would people work
1: i mean people or maybe
0: they wouldn't i think we'd probably have to be our own like build everything and do everything so if money didn't exist i don't think our lives would look like this at all
1: they wouldn't they absolutely wouldn't We'd be
0: neanderthals <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, essentially yeah. So.
0: but money does exist and so how are you gonna make some
1: basically and so that's what our series is about <laughs> tune in for the rest of the episodes hope y'all have a beautiful week ciao bellas